perfect at Christmas, don't we? I got to thinking about what makes a perfect Christmas celebration. For me, the perfect Christmas is having my family all together to share a meal and catch up on our lives and just to spend some quality time together. What makes the perfect Christmas for you? Call out some things. What makes the perfect Christmas? Having all the presents wrapped. That means you have presents. That makes a perfect Christmas. What else? Okay, so remembering the stories that go with um, the decorations and the traditions, good. What else? Coming to church on Christmas Eve. Coming to church on Christmas Eve. Yep, that's always a, um, a good thing. Mm-hmm. We got a granddaughter, she's two years old. I'm watching her bounce around. Mm-hmm. Yep, watching the innocence of the children, right? What about you? Putting food on the table. That does make a perfect Christmas, doesn't it? That's right. So. Um, Even though we try to make things perfect for Christmas, it doesn't always work out that way. Even though I look forward to having my whole family gathered together at my house on Christmas Eve, this year my nephew Patrick has to go to his fiancé's parents' house. My niece Courtney works at Ruby Memorial, and she has to work until 5, so she won't be able to make it. they won't be here for dinner, but they hopefully will come to church. It's just not the same now with both of my parents gone. And of course, my sister-in-law, Patty, is late for everything always. And by the time she gets here, I'm rushing around like a crazy person because I have to be over here at the church by 6 o'clock, and half the time my family ends up eating dinner without me. And then after church, everyone goes home, and I'm kind of left sitting in the dust wondering, what just happened here? So no matter how much we want to have a perfect Christmas, it rarely is perfect. And Christmas is often very messy. But a messy Christmas is probably a great way to remember that first Christmas. The events leading up to the birth of Jesus were anything but perfect. In fact, they probably couldn't have been any messier, especially for Mary and Joseph. So we're going to listen to this story from the Gospel of Matthew today. It's the story of Joseph's part in the Christmas story. Let's hear the word of God from Matthew 1, 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in that story of Joseph, isn't it amazing that there are no words attributed to him in all of scripture? I mean, this was a big deal for Joseph. So you would think that he would have something to say. 
but his silence speaks volumes, and today we're going to learn some very important lessons from Joseph. Now, we're first introduced to him in the middle of the night as he has a dream, which probably to him seemed more like a nightmare. Joseph was a hard-working man, and he was engaged to this young Jewish girl named Mary. He's very committed to Mary. He loves her very much, and as far as he knows, she loves him too. At least, he thought that she did until he gets the news that she is pregnant. He had to be devastated and heartbroken. He must have felt a, a sense of betrayal when he first received this news because he was certain that that child was not his. And in those days, marriages were generally arranged by the families. And during the time of engagement, they didn't live together and they certainly didn't have any kind of physical relationship. If a woman became pregnant during that time of engagement, she would have been considered an adulteress, and there were serious consequences for that. She would have been subject to public disgrace, her betrothed would have divorced her, or she could have been stoned to death. Sometimes all three of those things would happen. So Joseph had the choice to publicly shame her and give her over to the public to be stoned. When Mary tried to explain to Joseph what had happened, we can only imagine the pain that he felt and how unbelievable her story must have seemed. But here's the amazing thing about Joseph. In the midst of his pain and confusion that he was feeling, he chose to demonstrate grace. Verse 19 tells us how he responded. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. He didn't want Mary to be stoned. He planned to divorce her quietly and not draw any attention to her or the situation. It shows a tremendous amount of character for him to respond that way. And this is the decision that he made before the angel appeared to him. Surely, he would have had something to say. How could you do this to me? Who's the father? I thought you loved me. But nothing. There are no words spoken. Joseph didn't go off the deep end. He was not spiteful or vengeful. No words, just grace. So the first lesson that we can learn from Joseph here is that even when people have wronged us, even when people deserve a harsh sentence, we need to choose grace. Joseph could have ranted and raved and told everyone who would listen this terrible thing that Mary had done, but he chose not to. Sometimes we experience or are aware of an injustice and we want to call everybody that we can think of to make them just as upset as we are. But Joseph's actions here remind us that sometimes things that we want to do loudly should be done quietly. In light of the way that Joseph dealt with this situation, it's helpful for us to think about the ways that the faithful thing we do and the faithful way to be are sometimes at odds with social convention. It would have been totally socially acceptable for Joseph to freak out and to put Mary's sin out there for everyone to judge. But he didn't do that. Instead, he went against the grain and he demonstrated grace. Sometimes the faithful thing to do and the faithful way to be go against our natural instincts. When we're wronged, we think that we have a right to respond in anger and to lash out. But from Joseph, we learn that sometimes things we want to do loudly should be done quietly. The next thing that we learn from Joseph is what faith really is. 
Joseph was willing to have faith in God even when the circumstances seemed absolutely impossible. Joseph intended to serve Mary a certificate of divorce, end his engagement with her, and just handle the matter quietly. At first, Joseph wasn't even considering the option of staying with Mary. But then, God sent an angel to let Joseph in on the greater plan. God was calling him to faith and giving him an opportunity to live what he claimed he believed. So as Joseph slept one night, God reminded him in a dream that he didn't need to be afraid. God assured Joseph and he told him to take Mary home as his wife and to be the father of the child whom he would give the name Jesus. God assured Joseph that this was part of his greater plan and that it was all going to work out. Joseph had great faith in God to wake up that next morning and to continue with his plan to wed Mary. He still would have faced great ridicule and criticism from the community and even from his own family. People would have whispered and pointed fingers, yet Joseph stepped out in faith. The story of Joseph reminds us that unexpected things, things outside of our normal expectations, can often be wonderful signs that God is at work. Amid our less-than-picture-perfect Christmases, when the tree isn't perfect and the cookies got messed up and part of the family is no longer with us and other parts arrive late, in the midst of all of those imperfections of the hol holiday and despite our own imperfections, God still has a plan and Jesus shows up. And if we live into the faith that we claim that we have, we will see God do amazing things in us and with us and through us. The final thing that we learn from Joseph is obedience. You can't have faith without obedience. They go together. Because Joseph had faith, he acted in obedience. He took Mary to be his wife, and he suffered the consequences of Mary conceiving prior to their wedding. Joseph obeyed in spite of the fact that this child of divine promise would be born under the cloud of adultery. Joseph obeyed by giving the child the name that the angel told him, Jesus. Joseph heard the call of God, and because he was a man of faith, he responded in obedience no matter the circumstances, no matter what. So here are our takeaways from Joseph. First of all, we learn the way of grace. Sometimes things that we want to do loudly should be done quietly. Second, we learn to live in faith. Joseph was willing to trust God even when the situation seemed absolutely impossible. When our circumstances seem unbearable, we have to remember that God has a plan that is bigger than any of our situations. And third, we learn to be obedient. Despite how Joseph may have been treated by the community, he responded in obedience to God's call. Now we may think that we can't respond the way that Joseph did, but why not? He was just like us. He was a hard worker. He believed in God and he wanted to do right by his family. He was literally an average Joe, just like us. He didn't have any outstanding qualities. We don't even hear anything about him anywhere else in scripture. An average Joe, just like us. But he managed to live a life of grace and faith and obedience. And if God can use an average Joe like Joseph, he can certainly 
use an average Joe like us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Joseph and for his faithfulness. We are encouraged today that you would use someone as average as Joseph to be part of your divine plan. So today we come to ask that you would use us in all of our ordinariness, that this Christmas season and beyond, that we would demonstrate grace when we would rather not, that we would stand on our faith when we would rather not, and when, that we would be obedient when we would rather not. Lord, may we have the character of Joseph in our daily lives. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say, amen. amen.